RadioInfluence.com. Hey, hey, welcome back to Live Bold and Boss Up. We have missed you. How are you doing? We are so glad you are back. We have Jeff Fain on today. He is a remarkable human being. He, as you know, um, played for the Bucks. But what I didn't realize was he was one of the first round draft picks uh, back in 2003, which is remarkable. Um, and by the way, he was the highest paying center at one point, right? So he was the best at what he did twice. Um, he not only is superb person of football, right? But he also is a business owner. Um, he's an entrepreneur and um, a, a philanthropist, really. Yeah, he was actually doing business, running businesses while he was playing football. I love that. Which is pretty remarkable. Yeah. And now he's gotten into a foundation that he created, which he tells us all about. He does. And, and it's such a beautiful foundation. We wanted you guys to check it out. It's supportfainhouse.org. Um, they do have a gala coming up in the end of April 2023. If you guys want to join, um, we want to go. We'll be there. Can I say that? I might be held to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is an exciting conversation. Jeff, again, thank you so much for, for being on our podcast, Live Bold and Boss Up. We're so excited to have you here. We, I think we've literally have been talking about this for like three years, by the way, <laughs> or at least maybe not to you, but like to me and to Tim and to Steph, I was like, oh, we have to have Jeff on. We have to have Jeff on. And so uh, I felt terrible about it. You know, Tim, Tim's been, Tim, Tim was reaching out to me a few times and I, I certainly dropped the ball a few times. So I, I, I'm very appreciative for you guys to still, still welcome me back. Of course. Of course. No, no we're, you. we're just, we've talked about like where we want to go for this season for our podcast. I think it worked out perfectly because your just history and where you're going and everything is just like right on par with all the things that we're talking about in, in 2023. So I think it's perfect timing. Definitely. Fantastic. Yeah. So I know, Jeff, just to kind of give our listeners your background, which they probably probably already know, but you were first round draft pick to Cleveland and then you ended up at the Bucks, which is how you know Tim, right? Mm -hmm. And how long were you at the Bucks for? I was with the Bucks for four years. Okay. So I, I guess drafted by the Browns out of Notre Dame. And then uh, was actually traded down on draft day three years later to New Orleans Saints. So I had a pit stop there with, uh, it was the first year that Drew Brees and, and Sean Payton got there and pulled into town. And so it was, it was a real great experience coming through Katrina after Katrina and what, what the city was gone through and, and saw the rehabil you know, rehabilitation of the city. It's kind of a little bit of a renaissance. And then then signed my free agent deal in Tampa and, and, and kind of came home I'm from Central Florida. So it was, it was nice to come home. That's great. And so being a professional football player, that takes so much hard work and dedication. That is that what you always wanted to do growing up? Is that just kind of like what you're what you were set on? No, no, yeah. uh, couldn't be farther from it. Um, <laughs> I, so so I my dad was a naval officer. My mom was a school teacher. And um, talking about being a professional athlete or even conceiving that was 
almost like cussing in our house growing up. That just was not the plan. And uh, it was always academics first, you know, get your academics first, do what you need to do to make sure that you are uh, going to have the, 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 the right background and plan and foundation to be able to excel regardless of, of what happens. And, and frankly, I didn't start playing football until high school. Really? So um, it wasn't something like that. It was just built in me along, along the, the entire path that I was going to be a professional athlete. Uh, even when I got to after getting going to Notre Dame and and playing football there, uh, we still just didn't really kind of buy into our own hype or buy into the own our own story of it, and and um, and and it, you know almost a little bit was naive the entire process. So even on draft day when I got drafted in the first round, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready <laughs> from the standpoint. I they're like, okay, we're sending the plane to come get you, and we're gonna do a press conference. Make sure you uh, wear a suit and be. I didn't have a suit. I was at home. You know, I just came home for the weekend with my parents. I was just hanging out. Didn't have a suit. So on draft day, I'm like wearing a suit, like one of my dad's suits. Didn't fit. (laughs) So like so disheveled and everything. I mean, it was just um, not not prepared. You know, we're very naive to that. And and so it was always, you know, again, just focusing on academics. So so no uh, professional athletic career was never in the cards. That's interesting. I love hearing the backstory, right? Because all you see or all most of us see is what they show you on TV and everyone always looks ready and presentable. And it's (laughs) it's fun to think like, okay, you're wearing your dad's suit now. I want to like go back and watch clips now. Mm -hmm. That's great. And I think because, okay, so back up. And then you went to the Bucks. You were there for four years. And then what did you do after you retired or after you were done? playing football so actually so actually i had one more stop so i i thought i was done and um it was eight days before the season started i got a call from the Bengals, and their starting center uh, went down in the third preseason game and so they needed somebody to come in with some experience there their backup center uh was an undrafted rookie uh coincidentally out of notre dame and they just, you know, at the time, Andy Dalton was their starting quarterback, their franchise quarterback. They just couldn't uh, bring themselves to say, hey, we're going to put our franchise quarterback at risk behind an unproven center. And we opened up against Monday night against Baltimore, uh, against the Ravens. And so it was, a, it was a really good test early, and and they were really concerned about that. So because of that, they, they brought me in, worked me out. And I, literally, I got the call and said, hey, are you still in shape? Are you good to go? And I had already started, like, the transition of going into retirement mode. Like, I, I was a bigger guy, losing weight, and just kind of getting into, like, a normal person's body kind of thing, uh, whatever that is. And um, I said, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, reason- I'm in good shape, but I'm, I've lost some weight. And they said, well, how much weight have you lost? And I said, I'm down, you know, I was, like, down, like, 30 pounds. And he said, okay, well, can you play it that way? And I said, well, I think so. We can figure it out, you know? <laughs> oh so gosh. I came in and, and so I, I like to joke around and say I got a cup of coffee on the way out. It was just almost like it, like the, you know, it was giving me an opportunity to make sure it was all out of my system. Right. And and so once I finished that that season, um, that, that made 10 years for me. And and I got a couple of calls, you know, the Giants wanted me to come in. It's just, I told my agent I was done, you know, and it was, it was ready and and from there, that's when I moved on. And so yeah, so I had I had one more pit stop at Cincinnati. Enjoyed it. It was it was quick. I was only there for four months, but it was it was a good experience. And weren't you at some point the highest paid center in NFL? Yeah, yeah. The Bucks and, and Coach Gruden 
uh, you know, made that happen. It was, uh, it was a cool, cool deal, obviously. Um, you know, that's, that's ultimately a lot of what, the way you're kind of judged at this level is, is, is through your contract and obviously through your draft, uh, you know, and so I, I, I joked with my business partner. I was like, I was the best in the world at, you know, twice at something. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, playing center in the, in the NFL, you know, I was the number one and then, and then, uh, and the highest paid at one point. And so, it was, it was, it was it, the stars kind of aligned for that. You know, Coach Gruden kind of fell in love with me because of the stuff that I did to his defensive line while I was in New Orleans, and so it was, it was, it was just a really, really good fit in that, especially in that first year there. That's awesome. So it it kind of sounds like you always had this like business mindset, regardless of football. You know, from your upbringing. So were you were you kind of balancing? some businesses on the side while you were playing football? Yeah. Um, so it wasn't because of my upbringing. So because my, my dad will say like, this is all, you know, he, he'll tell people, this is all him. Like, I don't like, <laughs> didn't have a business bone in his body and neither did my mom. <laughs> um, and, and frankly, I didn't even, you know, when I went to Notre Dame, I didn't even go, go to bit. I didn't go to B. I didn't go to business school. And so, um, I, I kind of learned on the streets a little bit. Um, and, I, I went my early on in my, my, in my career in Cleveland when I got drafted by the Browns. So this is probably my second year. I was, you know, I was a young guy going out enjoying, enjoying, the, you know, kind of the nightlife and, and doing, doing what I ever did. And, and the cool thing about being, being a, a pro pro football player, especially in a town like Cleveland, um, you know, when the bars close or the club closes, they always say, hey, you can hang out with a couple of your friends on the side or just like while we're cleaning up here, have a couple more drinks, whatever it is. And and so, I, you know, I did that, you know, at, at times. And and I kept doing it and I just kept hanging out. I, I made golly great relationships, but I, I did it this one spot. And I got introduced to to this guy before. But I did this one spot where the, the manager there just did things a little bit differently. Where like typically the manager would join us and sit with us while like everybody else was cleaning up and like he was running around with a little notepad, some notes that he had made throughout the night, you know, kind of correcting his staff, doing things and just was like, hey, you can hang out, but I gotta, I gotta work, but you know, maybe I'll catch up with you in a little bit. It was that was just a different experience, and so I said, that's the guy. Like I want to like I want to like get with that guy and, and see what he's doing, and let's figure out something that we can do together. And that's where it sparked for me. And his name was Bobby George. Was my first business partner uh, in Cleveland, and, and and still one of my best business partners ever. We're still partners today in, in, in some things. And and we opened up our first place off of you know that night basically. And and actually, I had you know I approached him with it probably a couple of weeks later, and he said no. He like he like he like was like the like the hot girl you know the hot girl <laughs> you know, making me chase him. And it wasn't even that. It was more uh, along the lines of that. He was so concerned about losing my money. And so because I was going to be the investor and he was ultimately going to be the guy that was executing the plan, right. that was his biggest concern. And and I got so lucky early because that's not the case with most most professional athletes that invest in business early or get involved in business, and especially in the bar and restaurant business. Uh, typically, it's not a great story. It's not a great end. But for for that, it was it was absolutely. I invested in the person very very early, and I learned that lesson very early. And it was something that I continued to to do, you know, throughout my career. But yeah, so I got involved in business early, and so I opened up my first restaurant my third year. Um, and and from there we really kind of rolled, 
And that was that was my my partner's thing. He's like, he's like, I don't want you to invest again. He's like, we're going to reinvest everything that we do here and we're going to keep going. And we bought buildings and restaurants and other opportunities and everything. And just kind of rolled that in. But the funny thing is, guys, is that so I was the uh, the bucks. This is where it kind of really started like getting serious, where like I, I had like two jobs. I was a professional football player <laughs> and I was a business person. Well, like the Bucks, Bucks equipment staff, like almost had me like a like a side desk in the equipment room. Do they and really? Like, I like go in there, like in between like meetings and practice and everything. I would literally go in there, take calls, get on the computer. Wow. It's like my own little office in a, in a way. Um, and and things like you know, Jim Swarson was the, was the equipment manager at the time, great guy, uh, and just kind of allowed me to kind of you know be in there. And they would actually be quiet, like they would be quiet for me while I was on a call. Like it, it was it was the coolest thing, cool experience. But yeah, I was I was busy with business very very early on. Wow, that is really cool. Yeah. So then you knew after you were done that you wanted to just go full time into business, like uh, as an entrepreneur, starting businesses. Is that kind of what your plan was? Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, you know, part of it also too, you know, a, a transition from anything that you kind of dedicate your life to for so long can be pretty difficult. I mean, you guys both were were in chair and that was a big part of your life, right? It was like, it was something you enjoyed tremendously and, and not to do that anymore. I'm sure, you know, sometimes you guys miss it at times. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, you know, for us as you transition from football, you know, that can be a very, you know, it's, you know, 18 years, you know, for me, high school, college and and pro, um, you know, it, it's something that is, is a big part of your life. And it was, it, it can certainly be difficult. And for me, it, it made it a little bit easier because I had something to be able to transition to. It wasn't like, okay, now, now I got to figure out, you know, what's next. Like, no, I already, I was already working on the plan and it kind of came back to how my parents, you know, again, were raising me from the very beginning. Football was never the first plan. And to an extent that never went away. Like, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, directly think that through when, when I was in the moment, like, Hey, like I'm working on like, what is the primary plan right. and allowing, you know, football to kind of still continue to be the secondary plan, but that's, but that's what it was. And, and, and being able to transition out and move on to, to, to the business space full time after football was done, it made that transition uh, much easier than, than, than if I didn't have a plan. For sure. You were doing, so you did the like restaurant bar thing. Didn't you do like food items or something like that? Yeah, we've, I've, I've kind of touched a few things. Um, <laughs> and so we've, we've, we've had, we've had a brand of nuts that went in the seven 11 and, and went across, you know, that is really street. random. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> uh, I, I got, it was just, you know, I just, you kind of just come across things. Right. And, and so it was this thing, it was this brand of nuts called Papa D's Nuts. And, and like, there's some still guys that, that still come across there every so often. And we, we got out of it, but it was, it was, it was fun. Um, I got into oil, got into real estate, did, you know, and, and my primary business now though is insurance. Uh, and, and I still am in the re- restaurants, still in real estate, you know, still involved in a lot of stuff more as, more as an investor, not an operator, never been an operator in the space, uh, just really identified really great opportunities and, and continue to op- identify really great operating partners mm-hmm. to be able to execute the vision at a very high level. Was it difficult, like transitioning into all these different industries, like football no, it, to like business and bars and food? And- it, 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 it's, I'm not going to I'm not going to try and make it sound like it was easy. But again, it kind of came back to the core p- part of investing in people. And so. For me, there were certainly some misses, 
you know, I'm not, you know, that we we've had some some misses that didn't didn't work out well. We've lost two restaurants during COVID. I mean, there's just some things that ultimately you have challenges in business, just like you have in life. But this is the thing that I always tell, like, you know, you know, when I'm talking to my kids, or I, I can't really can't. It's hard to relate to folks in my office with this with this perspective. But being on an offensive line and having a nose guard sitting right across from you is, is, is going to be much more challenging than anything else that I'll ever come across in business. Business is tough and it's challenging, but it's not, you know, you're not out there. Someone's out, not out there physically trying to beat you, it's not like trying <laughs> to beat you up, you know? And so, and so for, for me, I always felt like, um, you know, ultimately, hey, just take it, take it, take a breath and ultimately look for what is your best angle and keep continuing to identify really strong relationships, keep investing in really great people. And, and you know, you gotta, once you've invested in those people, make sure that ultimately you're taking great care of those people to be able to make sure that, you know, you continue to have a success, you know? And so that's 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 been the biggest thing. And, and, and business is business, you know, it's, it's you know, you, you, you gotta have more coming in than you have going out. And, and that's, that is the, 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 the basis of it. And so as long as you keep those core principles and, and keep identifying really great people, you should be able to recreate uh, really great opportunities in whatever sector you look at. I love that. It sounds like it's, it sounds like, you know, being doing that football stint, right. Of having someone like, like actually trying to not kill you, but like beat you up. <laughs> right. And you had yeah. to think like right away, split second decisions, right. On what you did. So it kind of sounds like business is not easier, but like, right. It gives you a second to like, okay, let me think about this. Let me not be reactionary, but let me ponder it. Let me be strategic about what my move is instead of just kind of going for it right yeah. away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is certainly with, with athletics and, and specifically playing football and playing football at a very high level and, and then being, you know, on the offensive line, that's a big part of my, my persona and the way that I approach life in general, you know, and so you have that aspect of it, that it's happening quick, that, you know, you're only, only really having to, you're having to react to a little bit of what the other guys are doing on the other side. The nice thing in the business side of things is that you have, you, you can, you can be a little bit more intentional and a little bit more, you know, planning your, your approach. But, but this thing, the thing in business is that you still have to act with speed. Like once you once you make that decision, you have to like you have to go, um, you know, because it's it's a competitive place out there. It's a competitive marketplace, regardless of what business you're in. And um, you know, so so it it does give you a little bit of an advantage to to having to be in those those pressure cooker kind of situations and having those 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 folks you know sitting right on top of you. But to an extent, you still have to move with speed once you have that decision made. And that's um, that's great wisdom and advice. And I know we talked about it before. There's so many crossovers of sports and business. Um, a lot of our clients, they want people that were in sports, competitive sports to, to, you know, be the employees that they hire. Cause there's so many attributes and so many like ways of thinking that are similar in the two. And you have that drive and the competitiveness and the hard work and, you know, the team aspect of it. So I feel like there's so much crossover between the two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I love I love working with athletes. I mean, I think that a lot of them get like you know what it really takes to be especially if you're you're competing at a high level. Like the guys that were not lazy, like those are the guys that you want to 
you want to be able to identify and bring along the team. Uh, I mentioned, you know, being an offensive lineman. I think that's a big part of it. I love, I love working with offensive linemen, former offensive linemen. Um, the reason why, I mean, we're all working for someone else. You know, up front, you're, you're blocking for a quarterback. You're making a hole for a running back. They're really, they're really the only time they call our name is for a penalty. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's for something bad. And so you're not, you're not in it for the limelight. And, and so you're working and you're working with in conjunction with everybody up front with you, you know, and so. I, I, lo- I love that part of it. I love that aspect of the game. And I, and I, I like to try and bring that to the business world as much as I can. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your foundation. I, I was telling Steph and, and talking about it actually the other day, and I haven't been to one of your galas in a long time, but it's always a great time. Tell us about it. Why did you start your foundation? Yeah, so... First of all, we'll have to get you guys back. You know, after this, we'll, we're, we're going to get you get it on your calendars. <laughs> um, but the the reason why I started it um, was it actually started off as one reason, and it kind of it really evolved um, as I learned a little bit more about it. And so, um, owning businesses in downtown Orlando, downtown Orlando has a very uh, a very large homeless population, uh, and there's and you have episodic uh, homelessness, um, and and it just is, it just they're not getting out of it, right? And so, for us, um, you know, I'd always walked around, and I was always the guy that, like, I was giving them like five bucks, you know, twenty bucks, ten bucks, five, a dollar here, a dollar there, whatever it was, just to, you know, I felt like, hey, I'm, they need this all, like a million times more than I need it right now. And I just want to do something just to hopefully make their life today a little bit easier. Um, but it just wasn't enough. And so I always felt like, hey, if there was a way to be able to identify the, the right one that ultimately just made one bad decision and snowball and just got out of control and they just they couldn't they there's just they just couldn't catch the breath to be able to to, to hit the reset button to kind of get back on the right path and we could identify them and get them into a position where they could take that breath and ultimately like just kind of reassess the situation, help them get, find another path and get them on the right path. That, that would be something that would be so worthwhile. And if we could accomplish that, but the problem is as we're, I started socializing this with my, with, with kind of my, my core, uh, my core advisors was it, like ultimately is how do you identify that that one that really wants to help and they just don't want to get high for the day and they don't want you know they just don't want the easy way out for the day and then they're going to be there the next day and so uh in, in talking it through a little bit i got i got exposed to uh some relationships over at the children's home society of florida they had um they were a, a group that an organization that serves kids that up till 18. So they serve single mothers, adoptions, they help facilitate adoptions, they're they're dealing with foster care and assisting and facilitating that. And then, but at 18, they lose their funding. And so ultimately someone needs to come in and and really jump in at, at 18. And so I looked at it as an opportunity to say, okay, well, this is this is somewhat doing what I want to accomplish because I can go and these kids are going to be aging out of foster care. And, and the quick stats of it is in central Florida, the tri-county area, Orange, Seminole and Volusia County, 
for about roughly about 400 kids age out of foster care each year. Of those 400, two out of three are homeless within the first two weeks, and one out of three are incarcerated. Excuse me, first two years, and one or one out of three are incarcerated in the first two years. And that, the, the second number is driven by the first number. They just start doing what they have to do to get by. Wow. And so for me, I looked at it as I'm going to be proactive before they get on the streets and let's keep them off the streets. And I'm still accomplishing what I initially wanted to do. So that was the initial reason. I had no idea about kids aging out of foster care before I started this, before I started this process. And I had to get educated on it. Back then, at that time, when we came around it, we still were not public with the fact that I was adopted at birth. We just we just didn't think it was anybody's business and we just kind of kept it you know to, to ourselves so i was adopted at birth my biological mother she was she was very very young when she had me and i was a mixed race baby and her father at the time said you're just not keeping this kid so it's either abortion or adoption and so her third option would have been to run away and if, if she kept me or or if she ran away with me um i likely would have ended up in foster care I likely would have ended up in the same position that these kids were, or if I was adopted by not great parents, I could have easily been into, got into a, a really bad rut. And so like, as I learned about these kids, I learned, I was like, man, this is, this, I was so close to being in their situation. I was so close to having to deal, deal with a lot of the things that they're dealing with on a daily basis. And so like we stumbled upon something that connected with me so much more than what anybody you know really thought of at the time. And then we, we we came out public, you know, several years later about my adoption, and it just started all connecting the dots for everybody publicly. Um, so so it, 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 that's that's ultimately how it started, and, and and really what we do, and we've extended it beyond kids just aging, aging out of foster care. We also help kids that are just in the community that that frankly just haven't been identified to be put in foster care yet because the cops haven't been called enough to the house. Um, and just, and they're in really, really terrible situations and, and typically have the, you know, are opening up our doors for them too. That's so like powerful and meaningful too. It's amazing how that, that just kind of came all full circle, right? Yeah. Like how you're trying to figure out what kind of foundation to create, right? Cause as a football player, I think you guys are, um, it's like, it's like one of the things that we do, right? We either like donate a lot of our time to a charity or create a charity. And so that's really beautiful that you were able to just kind of come full circle with that. I, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, no, the universe kind of works, works in mysterious ways. Sometimes. Yeah, it, does. Um, it definitely worked out. No, that's amazing. I love that. And, um, you mentioned to me too. So you have something exciting happening this spring, a book that you wrote coming out. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're really excited about it. It's been a long time coming. Frankly, I've been working on it for about seven years. Uh, I got urged I got urged by a professor years ago to 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 uh, put some effort into in putting it together, and and uh, and then finally, I just you know I started working with a group to be able to identify some really great opportunities, and and we just put the nose to the grindstone and, and really push it out this past this past year. And so super excited about it. Uh, book's title is going to be called Playing for Others. And it kind of really gets back to what I was talking about, being an offensive lineman and kind of everything connect, all that connectivity, even to, from football to business to to, to the nonprofit space and the you know, charitable work that we do. Um, and so we're super excited about that. It's it's, it's something we've it's been, going, been working on for a long time. Brittany, Brittany, my wife, is, is, is like, will you please, I'm tired of hearing about it. Please, just get please this done. Please, just finish it. What What else do you have left? Seven years in the making. What What do you got to do for this yeah, book to yeah, come out now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I can't wait to read it. We're, we, Ash and I have an unofficial book club that we have a list of books that we read and want to read. So this is going on our list of what we want to read this year. So I can't oh. wait. Oh, and back in the day, you mentioned to Tim a certain book that he should read. Do you, mm-hmm. and you, I don't even know if you recommended it to everybody, but back in the day, your fate, the book that you recommended to people, especially Tim, he remembers, he remembers this is, um, do you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was, it was, it was, it was just one that ultimately, um, you know, it, especially at that part of my life, it, it was something that spoke to me tremendously. And I always thought that when people were, um, you know, just going through making decisions and, 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 you know, really working on, you know, their path in life. Um, you know, and, and at the time I think Tim, it, it, it me have just gone to Shriners and then came back or it was just, and it was just part of the conversation. And I said, Tim, I was like, man, you got to check out this book, man. And, um, and it's been super helpful for me. And, and it's something that I think, uh, I, I do, I did recommend that book a bunch. I mean, there's, I love reading. I'm always, I'm always reading something. And so it's, it's, it's a, it's a real big part of my life. And, um, you know, I, I hope, hopeful, you know, that, you know, some of the recommendations I give to people over the years has helped them too. Yeah. Well, I see all those books behind you. Are there some of your yeah. readings that you've read? Yeah. 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 Then? Everything. Everybody was always like, Oh, you just grab a bunch of books and stuff. Like, everything <laughs> I've read. Yeah. So everything out there I've read. And in fact, my wife made me get rid of like half my books. And so we donated <laughs> like about half my books when we, when we moved into this house here. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just a passion of mine. I've always felt like, you know, you can really learn a lot, you know, it's, you know, what is the saying? Like you, you have to put 10,000 hours into something to become an expert. Yeah. And ultimately, if you can read a book, you're, you're really kind of getting the cliff notes of a lot of people's lives and a lot of the experiences they have. And so even if it's, even if it's a fiction book, I mean, I think there's, there's, there's stuff there to be able to, to be able to help you in, in life and just work through it, especially if it's from a good source. I love it. I agree. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to thank Jeff for coming on yeah. and spending your time with us, Same. recording and sharing your story with us because it's very inspirational and I love it. And I'm sure a lot of people can get so much out of it. <laughs>